Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sisters in Zion podcast. This is Danielle. I'm so excited to be here with you, and I'm actually here with someone new today. Her name is Becky Hinsey, and she is my good friend in Virginia. Do you want to say hi, Rebecca? Hello, everyone. It's so good to be here, and thank you for the invitation, Danielle. This is awesome. Yeah, so Rebecca and I know each other very well through our business, but also we're both mental health practitioners, and so we have done podcasts lots of podcasts together, actually talking about mental health and emotions. And she's very versed in um, emotional intelligence. That's one of her specialties. And family history is one of her specialties. So with everything going on, and I know Kirsten and I, we have been um, both super, um, our, what do you call it, our schedules haven't been super aligned to be able to do the podcast. And today I just felt like I wanted to connect with all of you. I know there's a lot going on right now. And I know for me, I'm going through a lot of emotions that I don't normally go through as well. And so I wanted to connect and just be close to the Lord on this, our very first Sunday. If you're listening to this um, in present time, it's our first Sunday of home, actual home-centered gospel learning where it's been needed and mandated. And I know we'll have many more. And I know maybe society will go back to normal as well, but also we know the Lord's been preparing us for a really long time for these types of things to really be self-sufficient and home-centered. So I wanted to connect with you all while all of this is going on and also just help in any way that I can and, and your, um, your connection with me here helps me connect with the Lord. And I know that's what all of this is about. So as this week has gone on, um, you know, I had a big event this week and the day before the event, it got canceled and it was, you know, kind of disrupted everything for all of us here in San Diego as well. And it just left me to reflect and, you know, draw close, of course, to the Lord and just ask him, like, what can I do to be prepared? And, you know, I didn't feel like I didn't feel any nervousness from him, of course. All I felt was the, and this word kept coming to my mind, and it was grace. That this is just a grace. Like the whole situation, everything we're going through, it's all, we're all in God's grace, and it's going to be okay. And one of the enlightenments that I felt from him as I was praying was this is just a grace, a way to really help us think about what's important. Help us think about how to be prepared. Help us think about how to be self-sufficient and how to do home-centered gospel learning. And so I, I loved that because it made me feel like, oh, I'm in his hands. Everything is okay. And it's just, it's going to be okay when we turn to him, even in situations like this where it's so uncertain, all we need to do is turn to him. And that was like, I know that for me really gave me a lot of comfort. I know, um, Rebecca, you've been going through a lot of different things too with your family and you have kids. I know for me, I'm just single and alone. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I can just take care of me and two cats, but I have some emotions that have come up about that as well. And we'll talk about that as we go along. But I know for you, it's a little bit different story. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've raised four children who are now, um, all, so I'm empty nested. Um, but I'm dealing with, you know, the, I think for, you know, we think about the innate response of like bears over their cubs, you know, mothers, we all know we have this 
sort of wiring to protect our babies and that doesn't leave when you're empty nested. And then now I have grandchildren and a daughter who's pregnant, little tiny grandchildren. And then I'm also sandwiched in the generation where I'm also worried about the, the generation above me. My mother's still alive, but she's older and frail and not, um, and, and she lives alone and I'm not near any of these people <laughs> right now. So my children, my married children and their, my grandchildren and my mother, they're not all nearby. And of course my instinct is to want to get on a plane and go be there to help everyone. But I also have to remember, Oh, I'm not, you know, I have to be my play my part as a good citizen. And, um, and then which way would I go? Which child would, you know, who's, who's in need the most, my mother, which, you know, one family with grandchildren, the, the pregnant daughter with her children. And so um, I think it sends me into that feeling. And this is kind of what, what I've been going through this week is dealing with the natural man emotions of wanting to be the mother and fix it or the daughter and fix it and realizing I can't be in all places at all times and really re remembering that okay, I need to relinquish control and, or the, even the idea that I can be in control and more than ever, while I need to be prepared and, and, you know, I've taught, taught my children to be prepared and I'm checking on them to make sure everyone's prepared. At some point, we all have to relinquish that need to control and just move fully into faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and that we are going to get through this. And, um, and it's such an important shift to make because I think when we are just, at least I've noticed for me, even with all my um, mental health background, the anxiety that sort of builds in the worry and I've got to get these things and, you know, wondering around everyone and shifting from that mindset into my scriptures, into um, like one thing that's brought me so much peace is are just the hymns, the, the beautiful hymns, hymns that can calm my nervous system and I keep hearing these hymns coming back into my head and they bring me peace as I feel the chaos around me. Um, so I'm sure people are experiencing all different kinds of emotions based upon their, their family situation, whether you're single and alone or have young children or um, pregnant or, um, or empty nested or elderly. I think we're all experiencing the same um, types of emotions from different angles right now. Yeah, being human, right? <laughs> and that's really what this experience on life is about, is learning, you know, how to navigate through human emotions, through the physical realm of life and mortality, and relying and how we can rely on the Lord. And I love that you talked about hymns. That's such a great way. And just putting, I love like primary music, and I have a playlist on my phone with primary music, and it just, ah, oh, you just feel the spirit. And this is the key is, when you feel the spirit, when you can do things like you just talked about, um, hymns, it just gave me such a great idea is when you listen to those things, it really opens up that channel for revelation for you with, with God. And I know right now we're all seeking some, you know, insight or peace, you know, anything like that and doing those types of things are what's going to allow it in versus scrolling on, on the news and internet and all that kind of stuff to hear all the latest. And I'm not saying it's, you know, we want to hear all the latest by all means of what's going on, but where you're putting your emotions is on what you're hearing in the latest or put on a hymn and hear from God because he's really the one that will speak peace to your mind. And that's, that's kind of like when I opened up, I, I was feeling a little nervous and I went to him and he's like, it's a grace. I'm like, Oh, okay. So I'm in your hands. And it just, it just gave me so much peace. And 
I know. So I know for me, um, my, my family's, I would call them preppers. <laughs> We've always, I mean, I will tell you guys every Christmas I get something new from my family for prepping. It's either like a fire burning stove. What else have I received? Mountain home food that you just add water, a uh, radio. <laughs> I've received so many different like prepping things. Um, so for, in that, that case, like I've always been pretty taught to be pretty prepared and I have, and I, I'm not, and I really don't, I'm not trying to say anything. This is like, Oh, this is the last day and that society is never going to return. I'm not saying that, but how peace of mind it is that the church has talked about that. And we're like, okay, we're going to put a, like God's grace. We're going to put a little few things to practice. But I have, I will tell you for me, I've always thought of like, you know, for the last days, like, I've just told God, I want to be married. I don't want to be alone in those times. I don't. And I, and I've kind of been trying to control in that sense, um, um, putting a unrealistic like control onto that. Like, okay, I don't want to, I can't imagine like being alone in my you know condo and not having like uh, a spouse. And, and yesterday being Saturday, it really did hit me kind of hard. In fact, I, I talked to Becky for a little bit about it and it, it hit me like, Oh my gosh. And I started going into that. I am single. I'm alone. And I'm going to make me cry a little bit. I don't have someone to turn to. I don't have someone to just, you know, walk around the block with. And I, I, it's, it's, it got me a little bit um, emotional. And so I, whether this is what you're experiencing or someone else, um, and I, and I live, you know, in San Diego, I have a family in, in LA and I've got family in Utah and Hawaii and Colorado, but no one like really close here. And I just said a prayer and I just, I, I mean, where else do you turn? Where else do you turn? And if your situation isn't about being single, it's something else. Maybe it's about your children being vulnerable. And I just turned to him, the Lord, and I just said, take care of me. I can't control if I'm going to be single or not when hectic times come. And I just, I know you're never alone with the Lord. And I just kept being reminded of him all day yesterday. He's like, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I'm like, okay, you're right. Like, I'm not alone. I'm sitting here eating chocolate, but I, you're, you're sitting here eating chocolate with me. <laughs> oh, isn't that the most amazing part of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we're not alone and that we belong to this church where we literally are not alone, where we, I'm sure everyone who's listening has had some kind of an email come from their bishop this last week with their ministering sisters or brothers where there's been um, some outreach and organization. In fact, that's one of the greatest testimonies to me of the truthfulness of this gospel is, I mean, what are the odds that we would have a doctor as a prophet right at this exact moment in time that we would um, have been prepared for home-centered learning for over a year that the prophet would have literally instructed us last year to take our vitamins that things were going to get interesting. And here we find ourselves coming up upon a general conference that he said would be like, um, unlike any other. And it's exactly as it was said. I mean, we have such a, I always tell my children that the greatest gift that I've ever received is my membership in the church. Um, as I have, it's the greatest, most valuable membership. You think of memberships, of um, memberships of clubs and things that people pay for memberships of, and even you and I probably both pay for the annual membership of the APA. You know, <laughs> I mean, they're just memberships that we all kind of join, but to be part of of a of an organization that 
brings people together and leaves it so that we literally are not alone. So even, um, which you can see the hand of our savior in that, that he doesn't want his children to feel alone and helpless and, and vulnerable at this moment. He wants us to all know that he is there. And, and in the, and in the moments when I know we all feel the most alone, because I don't think we escape that in life. I think even the savior had that moment on the cross when he was so alone um, or in Gethsemane when the apostles fell asleep and there he, there he was alone to pass through such, such trauma. And even at times the savior himself identified feeling even alone from his father, like not so connected. Um, I think those are, I think that's, we have to be real that that's a, a human experience. Maybe one that we all have to go through. I don't know. I'll ask the Lord when I see him one day, hopefully I'll get that chance. But I think maybe it's a learning moment we have to have to feel, to know what that feels like. But the faith that we have that, um, that too shall pass and, and that we can be lifted up, um, through our savior and, and through, um, through our family. I wanted to say too, I, because you know, I love the family history piece. I think that there's a possibility right now to just really feel the love of our ancestors who have passed before us through family history work that we're home in our houses. What better time to be on family search and just reading and studying the stories of our ancestors and feeling them with us from the other side, because if we are alone, that's a great place to reach out is just to remember the love of our, of those who passed before I've lost grandparents and even my father's passed to the other side. And, um, and many, you know, several sets of grandparents that I actually got to know in this life and learning about their stories and then digging in to learn further about their family members. Um, it could be a great time, a great family activity, for families to be doing some family history work while we're all, you know, huddled up in our houses right now too. That can take away some of the feelings of loneliness. <laughs> that's such a, that's such great advice too. I love this. Um, and I, you know, I think I, I kind of want to go on that little piece for a minute this week. Um, so last Saturday I had in my calendar that um, some new members were getting filled in the temple. So I showed up at the temple and so they had, they had changed it and forgotten to tell every single person. And so I had gone to the temple. They're like, there's no ceiling. And I'm like, well, you know what? I have a list of names to do on my own family for ceilings. So luckily I did because now there's a little bit of shift in temple attendance right now, but I did two hours and in the ceiling room with a family names. And we, I still ended up with like five left or something because a new group came in and we couldn't do it, but it was phenomenal. And I, a couple things I want to tell you, I had, I mean, I think all the names, you know, felt, I, I felt amazing the whole day, but there were two names in particular. One was of my Lebanese root and the other was one of my French root, but she was a French nun who had done a ton of compilation of our genealogy from our French family on a typewriter in the seventies. It was just incredible. And I had come across her work and ended up connecting personally with her through her convent, um, before she passed away. And so when she passed away, which is about three years ago, I got special permission because she doesn't have a, you know, husband or children. I got special permission to do her work and I got to seal her to her parents yesterday or yesterday, this, this went last week. And 
the other family was the Lebanese family. We don't have a lot of records and I, their names were red bright next to each other. And this spirit was so strong over, over me. And I thought it was just me. Cause I, you know, knew the, you know, the issues with doing Lebanese um, work with Lebanese family and um, with this lady, um, sister Victorine hood. And, but another patron came up to me. She goes, wow, you could tell they received that. And I was like, yay. But what the thought that occurred to me was when we do family history, like you're talking about, and now we've got a little bit more time to put that on our plates is this is the thought. And this is the verbiage that I use in our cultural language, but it's, they go to bat for you. Like they are going to go to bat for you in the, on the other side. No, she took her time and found me like they, 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 it means so, Oh my gosh, I'm getting so emotional today. It means so much to them and they love you for it. And that's just something beautiful that we can do for them. And I love that while we have a shift in our gospel centered learning, what can we do to keep growing close to the gospel and not growing close to the, the fear and panic and how can we grow close to the savior? And that's, that's one of a great idea. The hymns, I know, I, you know, maybe we can kind of talk a little bit about some of the things we're doing. Um, you're going to do, um, and I'll let you talk about this at church with your family on a conference call. I, I actually called a member, a family in my ward that live up the street that I feel like they're my family away from home. And I said, I just, well, I didn't call him. I texted him. I said, so I'm coming to your house on Sunday, right? <laughs> I have that relationship. And I just, especially for those of you who maybe feel like you're alone, find someone and, and maybe just ask to be invited. You don't have to wait for an invitation. And this family would have invited me anyway, probably. And, but I just invited myself and just asked for if I could come. And I called them yesterday and said, I want you to know it means a lot to me that you feel like, I feel like you're my family and that. I can, you know, walk up the street to your house and I have a safety haven um, there. And so we're doing, so what we're going to do is a little, um, the bishop gave permission for the priesthood leaders to do sacrament in their homes. And so I'm going to go up for, they're doing a little spiritual message, having sacrament, and then we're having a, a lunch together. So, so that, that's kind of what I'm doing today. And we'd love to hear what you're doing, um, Becky. Yeah, so we're, you know, we're um, kind of on the opposite end um, as kind of the matriarch of a lot of people <laughs> at this point. So um, rather, my, I do have, so my husband and I are here, and then my daughter and her husband are staying with us at the moment. And so there's the four of us, but rather than just having the four of us, we decided to use technology. And so we gathered together all my siblings. So there's five in my family. I'm the oldest. I have a brother who's a bishop in Colorado. So he's going to conduct our meeting. And then we delegated each siblings um, assigned for one paragraph out of the Come Follow Me. And we actually assigned our talks out to our kids because we wanted our kids to have the chance to prepare those. And some of our kids are married and have families themselves. And some of my younger siblings still have teenagers at home. So we're probably, you know, young adult uh, to, um, you know, probably ages 12 to 30, um, maybe a little older, um, who are going to be giving those talks today. And we're all getting on Zoom with all of our different families. So probably end up being quite well, almost like a little small ward, little small branch <laughs> that um, 
but it will um, bring together our families from all around. And it's my mother and all of her posterity. And that will bring so much joy to her to be able to get on and see all of her children and grandchildren. And I feel like it gives, you know, all of my kids a chance to grow in their extended family. So there's lots of ways uh, to handle this. And, you know, I think it is important, Danielle, that I don't think like when you're in my situation where you've got lots of people that you feel responsible for and lots of people in your life, sometimes you forget that there are people who are alone. And especially if you're chasing a whole bunch of little kids right now, you're probably thinking, oh, I'd give anything to be all alone. <laughs> um, so, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side, but important to reach out, I think, and include people in whatever you do, because I think it's great that you do have that relationship and can pop over to your friends. And I do have a a single sister in England who I'm really close to and her mother just passed. She has no living relatives at all and is all alone. So I contacted her and she's going to be joining us from, from abroad. So modern technology has made it um, amazing for us to connect and to continue with our gospel path. And we've been taught well how to do that. And, um, and the priesthood is available still in homes of many people who can pass that right now. So we just carry on. And I love that we're so organized in our gospel to be able to, to know exactly how to move forward in, um, in proper fashion with the Savior right in our home to direct us. I love that. Oh, that's wonderful. And thanks for some of the tips on and inviting others. And, and I, you know, I just, one thing I want to say is, and maybe you don't know where you belong. That's okay. You're not alone because of the Savior. And I guess that's the main message that you know there's gathering online which hopefully this gives you guys some ideas of what you can do i know most of my family are not active at all my immediate family is not i could reach out to maybe some um, uncles and aunts that to do something like that too on a couple of the sundays because it might be obviously more than just one sunday so being creative on how to um keep connecting with others but the main key is connecting with the savior and I will go to, you know, my family friend's house this Sunday, and there might be a Sunday that I just spend studying with him. I love feeling close to him. And I know that one of the things that's helped me so much is, is practicing the emotion of hope. And it's, it's a gospel principle, hope is. And what that means is my my situation, if I'm thinking about being alone, my hope is what that the Savior's with me. And in order to practice the emotion of hope, I have to put faith in that hope. My faith is, yeah, he is with me. And once I once I just, okay, I believe it. I'm gonna just trust it and I know he is, he shows up. It's amazing. And this week I had, I just want to share, you know, upon ending here is I had a pretty cool experience where I was just working on how and talking to him about how can I receive more of like your love? I want to make sure I'm not blocking and because I sometimes feel a little disconnected when I get busy with life. And I just was in prayer and I just said, I just want to receive more of you and your love and, and more abundance and things and blessings that you have for me. And in my prayer, I had this really cool, like visual moment where, where he said, Put your hands on my heart and tell me that you, you love me. No, no, no. Sorry, I said it backwards. He said, he, he put his hands on my heart and he said, I love you. And I just visually saw him putting his hands 
on my heart, in my mind, in my prayer. And he said, I love you. And it just, oh, I just, it made me tear up and cry. And it was so beautiful. And, and then he said, now, now you do it. And so I put my hands this visually in my mind on his heart. And I said, I love you. And, and the most amazing thing in my, and just again, in, in my mind, this visual image of him just like feeling so grateful that I love him and he is weeping and just like felt so much joy, like this deepness that I, I, I couldn't even imagine that he felt that because I said I loved him in this prayer. And I just, he showed me how to receive, but he showed me how important I was. And for anybody who maybe is wanting some deeper relationship, try this with him. Say a prayer and ask him to receive his love and, and tell him that you love him. And you can feel how much that means to him. And that was such a beautiful experience. So, you know, I don't, Becky, I don't know if you wanted to say anything and, and, and wrapping up, but... Yeah, I think I'd like to just share a scripture if that's okay. I love the scripture in John 16, 33, where the Savior said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And I think for me, as I, um, that scripture alone brings me so much peace. I think as we become like our Savior, it gives us hope too that we too can overcome challenges and tribulations through him and that we know that we can overcome the world with the savior um, by our side that's what he's done he showed us the way and as we lean on him we have him to take us through all these challenges and difficulties that we face so we really don't have time to be afraid right now i feel so excited in some ways to just be able to pause to be in my home to connect with my family to have more meaningful conversations to take better care of my own health to remind myself of better health practices where they're coming up all over the web right now, things that we can all do to protect ourselves. These are all good things that we're being led to do. And as we hold strong in faith to our savior, we will know that we will be okay. There may be hard times, but we will be fine. And that is, that is, there's nothing better right, right now than to know that and to have that. Thank you for sharing that. It was beautiful. I want to end on that, that just the Savior remembers you. And I am very grateful, like you said in the beginning, just for our membership in this church, having a prophet that we can have faith in is guided by the Lord and already preparing us. I, yeah, just the whole, everything, how it's coming about the home centered church and having to practice it right now after a year of, um, putting it into play is just a, it's just a testimony builder, I think for all of us. So thank you so much sisters for joining us. Thank you so much, Becky, for being on as my friend, my sister in Zion, as well as a me mental health practitioner and just your wisdom. I just am so grateful again to be connected with you guys and wish you the best Sunday connected to the Lord, especially. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Danielle. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.